Catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Today we take a look at the topic, get help for eating disorders. Now, although the tides are shifting, several Nigerians remain misinformed or uninformed about mental health in Nigeria. Eating disorders are still largely out of the picture, with most Nigerians having never heard of it. Although the term eating is in the name, eating disorders are about more than food. They are complex mental health conditions that often require the intervention of medical and psychological experts to alter their course. Eating disorders are a group of conditions marked by an unhealthy relationship with food. And the most common eating disorders are anorexia nervosa, bulimia nervosa, and binge eating disorder. Most eating disorders involve focusing too much on your weight, body shape, and food leading to dangerous eating behaviors. These behaviors can significantly impact your body's inability to get appropriate nutrition. Eating disorders can harm the heart, digestive system, bones, and teeth and mouth, and can lead to other diseases. Now, a survey of a total of 644 female Nigerian high school, college, and university undergraduate students was conducted to examine eating disorders. Using a cutoff of 20 on the Eating Aptitude Test 26, which is EAT26, overall prevalence of disordered eating attitudes was found to be 14.1%, and prevalent figures for the high school, university, and college samples were 18.6%, 9.1%, and 21.7% respectively. These findings are comparable for those from Western countries and suggest that nowadays eating disorders associated may be a universal phenomenon that transcends cultural boundaries contrary to the popular notion that they are restricted to Western countries. Now, very few people speak about this disorder as with many other mental issues. However, there's no denying that people suffer from eating disorder. It's an illness. So we need to help people, and that's why I brought to the show uh, three people to come break down this topic for us. I have a lawyer and a mind and a wellness coach, Obie Anekwe. I also have a success coach and creative marketer, Ben Inyang. And finally, I have a creative scientist with a background in health and beauty therapy, Dr. Jenna Chinwe Oyema. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me on the show. Hello. Hi, Hi, Gloria. Thank you for inviting us on this show. It's such an honor to have all three of you here. All right, then let's move on. Contrary to the understanding that eating disorders is all about eating too much, there's actually more to eating disorders. So from a professional point of view, what are eating disorders? Let Obie start. Obie, please tell us what are eating, eating disorders. Um, hi, Gloria. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you perfectly. Please go ahead. Okay. So, um, basically, um, I, I think I think you have basically covered ev- everything that that has to do with um it, with the eating um, disorder. But in a nutshell, I would basically say it basically has to do with with an unhealthy eating habit that actually develop, which in the long run or in severe cases may result in serious health conditions or even death if left untreated. So uh, most most of the time, it is associated with with um, with with binging on food too much or uh, or or 
or things that are associated with your weight. So that's that's like basically what the eating disorder has to do with. Okay, so why and is it not that? Okay, so why is it not that popular in the African uh, society as compared to the Western region? Why is it that we have it more popular amongst the whites and very little or few Africans and Nigerians know about this disorder? So I would like to actually, first of all, start off by saying that, first of all, like mental health is actually something that is usually not accepted over here. You know, and then when we talk about the eating disorder, it has been westernized. So the idea has been westernized. And I'll personally say that it is the Western culture that's basically caused the stigma around the eating disorders. Yes. Okay, please Hi, go ahead. This is Janet. Can I also ask? Absolutely. Please go ahead. So I also feel like, yes, it's basically a Western problem because of, or it's seen recently as a Western problem because, first of all, the Western standard of beauty is what is most publicized right now in the world. And quite right, we are exposed to that here in this part of the world, but they are also very exposed to that. And also as well as in addition to that, there's also the not accepting mental health condition here. Because I believe in Nigeria, a lot of people don't believe that mental health conditions still, even in this present day, people still don't believe that these mental health conditions is a real thing. Everyone believes that it's just some made up thing. So I feel education as well. A lot of people are not educated enough to know that these are actually real problems. People are going through real issues with this. Because I googled recently about this Topic and I was like, well, what do all these conditions have in common? This eating disorders, that is anorexia, bulimia, binge eating, all of this. And there are a lot of articles to show that there's actually the things that are in common are anxiety, depression. These are the same things, and all of these are mental health conditions. So the root of these causes, I feel informing people what the root cause of all these eating disorders are would be helpful. Absolutely. The root cause. And talking about what could actually cause eating disorders, you know, I was about coming to the part of um, linking eating disorders to mental health because it's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ben, you're here. So, let's talk. Let's talk, Ben. Yes, I am. Yeah. So, what do you think might cause, have, make a person have an eating disorder, have an eating disorder? I would like to personally believe, because I've done a lot of research on... Um, mental health and you know that's in my field but when it comes to mental health it has a lot to do with emotions and i think you know when we talk about mental health we kind of exclude emotions as being a part of that when it's really a huge factor when it comes to eating disorders a lot of times people have extreme emotions attitudes or behaviors towards themselves or towards their weight and even the food that they eat so i think that um Yes, like the lady said, you know, there's a lot of awareness that needs to be brought to this part of the world. A lot of things have been westernized and it's really just what it is. It's not, you know, that we need to blame people for being ignorant of disorders or, you know, of their own health. But we need to actually like make them more aware through our platforms and through other platforms as well. Because when we talk about emotions, Emotions have a lot to do with psychosomatic illness, which is like body, body breathing. So, you know, a lot of these things are, could be genetic. It could be from traumatic experiences. But what happens is that as a symptom, you know, they show up in the form of uh, maybe an eating disorder, emotional eating, binge eating, anorexia, uh, bulimia, nervosa, 
as well. So those are things that people just need to be made more aware of. Absolutely. So we can say to a large extent, Ben, that we living in this part of the world has had a very strong impact on what we understand eating disorders to be. Because while reading or while growing up, I, I understand that many people think eating disorders is when you eat too much. So once you start eating way out of proportion, you already have an eating disorder. But then again, I read that not eating enough can also uh, be attributed to eating disorder. How true is this? In my personal experience, it's very true. There are times when, you know, I just first started my business and my stress was over the limit. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't even notice myself not eating. But it was, you know, my mother had to, like, look at me and, you know, know tell me, you know, you know, maybe I need to reduce my stress and my work hours. And that really made me realize that, you know, a lot of other people, not just overeating, a lot of people undereat, you know, maybe because of stress and their mood. They only eat when they feel there's a mood that they need to eat. But I think that just like children, you know, we know mandatorily that we need this food for energy, really. It's not about, you know, just being in the mood necessarily. And I think that still goes back to emotions, which hasn't been addressed but I, I think we'll get to that mm-hmm. yeah we will we will Ben so just let's take it one at a time now Jenna talking about the symptoms and um, the signs that shows that a person has this illness so what symptoms should one look out for is that my prove that you have an eating disorder and I would ask OBA much later why is eating disorder associated with mental health so Jenna go first all right so um First of all, there are like different types of eating disorders from anorexia to bulimia to binge eating and avoidance or restrictive disorders. So it varies according to depending on the different eating disorders. For example, we have people that do excessive exercise. This is under anorexia and bulimia or any type of under eating exercise, anxiety when it comes to food, you know, fear of weight gain and constantly feeling fat, and also body dysmorphia is common in all of them, actually. That's one thing that I've seen that is common in beat anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. They all have a sense of body dysmorphia. So, um, yeah, I would say these, these are the main symptoms to look out for, and especially anxiety with food, be it the person overeats or undereats. There's always this tension when they are, they, they are about to eat or something like that. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right, OBA. Um, talking about how we can link it to mental health. Is there any more you would like to add to the symptoms to look out for? Size anxiety, feeling fat, and um, you're having you're emotionally eating and all of that. Are there more symptoms to look out for that could help a person um, check himself or herself um, that you most likely have an eating disorder? And why is it linked to mental health? Jenna has um, basically covered most most of the signs to um, look out for but um, I would I would like to add to some of the signs as well um, in relation to like constant throwing up so um, it, a lot of people really have have the urge to to always throw up like after eating and no one no one really questions like why you always feel, feel the urge and a lot of this is being related to um, eating disorders because you don't feel comfortable when the food goes into your stomach so you always have that urge so I always tell people to always look out for such signs um, for eating disorders and also 
Um, and, and another sign is, is when one, one doesn't really feel comfortable eating in public as well. So most people that, that fear being seen eating in public or fear eating a lot of food in public do have eating disorders. So I would say definitely to look out for these signs in relation to eating disorders. Finally, I would also add that um, alertness to weight as well. When you find yourself always jumping on a scale every now and then is also a sign of, of, um, of eating disorders because when you feel like you're a certain weight, then that, that may lead you to, um, to, to exercising ex- excessively or even taking laxatives to enable you take out the food or all that stuff. So why is this related to, how is this related to mental health? So first of mental health, when we talk about mental health, when you say one has a mental health problem is when, when a particular thing takes you from thinking rationally to thinking irrationally. So eating um, disorders, people that have the eating disorders, they are mostly related to people that, that probably have the fear of food or have that fear of looking a certain way because they are eating a certain way. So, um, and, and when, when people tend, tend to feel that way, it often leads them to the point of anxiety or even depression. Anxiety in the sense of that when they're in public, they feel very anxious about things they eat. They're always worried about, oh, if I eat this or eat that, what will my weight turn out to be tomorrow? And let's say, um, for example, they don't feel anxious as at the point. The next day or a couple of months later, and they probably put on a weight or two, they probably start feeling depressed about how how they look, you know, and um, yeah. So that's that's how I would relate that to mental health, to be honest. Can I just zoom in on like the anxiety part? Because the truth is, some people may not even know when they're feeling anxious. And I would say some key signs or behavioral patterns here is like constantly mirror checking, like Obi said, you know, constantly exercising, nitpicking, overchecking your weight all the time, you know, excessive. Um, excessive exercising, reassurance, constantly seeking reassurance, you know, like, am I, do I look okay? You know, is my body, am I adding weight? Am I fat? Am I, am I too skinny? All of that. So just zooming in on that anxiety, because I feel like the anxiety and body dysmorphia are very much connected when it comes to eating disorders and their symptoms. Hmm. Obie, you know, you mentioned that, um, Sometimes when you're outside and you don't want to eat too much, you're thinking that you don't want to eat certain foods. But obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> looking at it, it sounds really funny because sometimes that's what a person would ordinarily want to do, try to be very cautious of what he or she eats outside so it doesn't add on more weight, especially if you're trying to watch your weight in coat. So it's really mm-hmm. uh, thoughts of raving that it's linked to mental health. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And this basically like um, boils down to what um, Jenna said earlier, that a lot of people don't really understand the extent to which mental health affects each and every one of us. I, I usually tell people, right, I personally feel we all do have a certain level of mental health problem. It's just that some people's own is more pronounced than the others, because if you carefully watch each and every one of us, we exhibit different traits of, you know, of a mental health problem and especially having to do with the eating disorders, because a lot of people probably don't want to eat rice at, let's say, past 10 p.m. And the reason for not eating rice at past 10 p.m. is because of the fear of putting on weight the next morning, which, to be honest, that's, I, would, I would categorically say that is false. It depends on how often that practice is done. You know? So I think like most people exhibit these characters when they're out. They don't want to eat particular 
kinds of foods. And then when they are home, then they find themselves over binging on such mm. meals mm. and probably now leading them to throw up because they don't want to be seen in public indulging in such meals, if that makes sense. Mm. So I think this happens to most people. You don't eat in public, but when you're in private, when you're in your bedroom, then you binge on everything at once. And then you end up finding yourself trying to throw up or, you know, trying to take it out like one way or the other. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine what this kind of people go through while after eating in everything, they're finding a way to take it out. It can be really, really um, disturbing. Ben, um, let's talk treating eating disorders. Is there a treatment for it? What do you advise? How do people who suffer from this particular illness get treated? Okay. I think that, you know, treating eating disorders really, we could just focus on the symptoms, right? But for me, it's more about the causes and which means, you know, going deeper, which, you know, I, I think also there has to be an element of awareness, like I said before. I think treating eating disorders starts from maybe one-to-one counseling, maybe um, joining the right peer groups uh, and organizations, you know, knowing, knowing okay, do I need that diet, uh, dietitian to, you know, figure out what I should be eating and what I shouldn't be eating because... You know, for some people, they could be further causing themselves anxiety by what they eat. I don't know if that makes sense. But if you eat the wrong foods, which are loaded, you may be like snacks and junks constantly. Those foods are loaded with toxins. So they only increase your or amplify your, your anxiety or whatever it is you're going through. So that's one thing. But then counseling, like I said, joining the right peer groups and also like re-educating yourself on what's healthy, what's good for you. Because if you keep eating the wrong things, then, you know, that can't change either. And then um, for people who don't eat enough, a lot of times it's due to stress or maybe just the way they see themselves. Those things can't be fixed overnight. Those things really take time of working on, on yourself with someone else. Some people are starting to go to therapy and counseling, and that's also beneficial. But like I said, for me, it's, it's working on the cause. I preferably wouldn't even go that far. I use something called Wim Hof, with it, which is breath work. I also do meditation because I'm somebody who experienced, I used to binge eat all the time. Like every night I'd need to eat very late, always. I couldn't sleep without having something, you know, first to just put in my mouth and then go to sleep. So for me, breath work really helped a lot. And that's why I mentioned psychosomatic illnesses, because it has a lot to do with the way our posture, our breathing is. Those things are very influential, although we might not know that, but they are. And Wim Hof is something that a lot of people do that can really correct a lot of autoimmune disorders. So sometimes what could be triggering us could be an autoimmune disorder as well. And these things really affect our emotions, affect our health. I think, you know, in this part of the world, there's a lot we don't know about health. There's a lot to still learn and to reframe from, you know, just having a Western perception. Ben, you mentioned that you once suffered from binge eating, like you couldn't literally go to bed without having anything to eat. Were you vocal about this illness? Did you try to get help? Were you able to identify that you had this disorder? And how were you able to be vocal about it? What was the reception of people around you when they found out that you were battling with this? Oh, I think I did. I tried to talk about it to uh, people close to me. But the fact that there's a low level of awareness on what these things really are, you know, like mental health in um, Nigeria and in other places is something that people totally put 
as an afterthought. So I didn't really get much of a response. It was something I dealt with on my own. I dealt with it on my own. So yes, I did speak out, but it, you know, something I dealt with on my own. Amazing. That low level of awareness right here in Africa, it's really a major issue. Uh, OBA, let's talk about the role that technology has played in treating eating disorders. I mean, um, Ben mentioned joining certain groups um, of people that suffer the same thing as you would help. You mentioned going for therapy. You mentioned seeing a dietitian. Some of these things are steps that we that one can use in treating eating disorders. Now, has technology played a role in any of this when it comes to treating eating disorders? Okay, Jenna, please help us with that. Has technology played a role in any of this when it comes to treating eating disorders? I would say yes to some extent because now there's like an increased level of awareness about eating disorders and that is due to like social media and just the media in general. So is that also there are apps like Coach Ben mentioned the Wim Hof method. There are a lot of apps that help with breath works and also like mindful meditation apps and things like that. So I would say to some extent, yes. And it really depends on, it really depends on the kind of eating disorder the person has, the type of eating disorder the person has and how they're going about the approach. Personally, personally, I would say I used to have a, would I say, not even I used to, something that I still, is it's still a constant back and forth with it. So body dysmorphia, that's why I keep bringing it up. And, um, I would say that eventually led me to having um, selective or restrictive eating, like a restrictive eating disorder, because I would just assume like everything I eat, it's, you know, I'm going to add weight or something like that. And what I found really helpful is like this mindful app. And there's this one called Calm. And just in general, a lot of like self-care practices and things like that. Amazing. Amazing, Jenna. Now, before we run off, because we have to run off, um, final words to somebody probably that doesn't even have an idea or doesn't even believe that he or she has this illness. What would you have to say to whoever listening to you right now, Ben? You know, be more aware of what you feed your, yourself. Feed yourself. I mean, what you feed your body, you feed your mind. And, you know, especially yeah. with the way everything is going on right now, with a lot of uncertainty um, all over the world. Uh, now is a good time to kind of be more mindful. And um, e even with the foods we eat, you know, just be more mindful. That, I think that that's where I'll start. All right. Jenna and you, what would you have to say? I would say speak up or, you know, seek help, you know, because the truth is there's still the whole stigma, you know, no one wants to seem like they're weak, or they're going through something or they're going to like white people-ish in quotes, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. I would say seek for help, talk to someone. I feel like there are groups, there are platforms for all these things or just you're not alone, you know? They're, because of this topic, Gloria, I read so much and I was like so surprised about the numbers, you know? You hear about like one in five deaths in anorexia are caused by suicide. You hear one in 10 people that have bulimia have suffered from substance abuse. 40% of people struggle with binge eating. That was just, wow, those numbers are staggering, mm -hmm. you know. So if you know it's, it is impairing your way of life, do speak up, do seek for help or something like that. So, and yeah, it can that's be treated, what I say, Jenna, what, right? It can be treated and you can come out of it fine. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. 
you can. Yes, you can. But the first step is you have to you have to talk to someone. You know, you have to seek help and also identify and accept that this is this is a problem and you need to do something about it. And also focusing on the root cause. Like I said, and also Obi mentioned, you know, a lot of it is stemming from other mental health conditions like anxiety and depression. This is just an outlet or an expression of that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know? so, so I think dealing with the root cause is what we are going to have to talk about next. So let's just deal with the causes and then we can know how to move on from there. Obi, your final words as regards eating disorders, what would you have to say to anyone going through um, such a tough time right now? Many of them having to force themselves to vomit and all of that. So what do you have to say? What I would say to anybody going through such things is, first of all, like I think we all need to learn to be comfortable in our own skins because like the first step is loving yourself the way you are because a lot of people aren't really comfortable with the way they are, which eventually leads them into, you know, um, to the eating disorders and which eventually now links it up to mental health, you know, like having them depressed and all that. So I would say like like the first step to everything is, self-love you know everyone should learn to love themselves i it's it's easier said than done you know but but just like jenna said there are like support groups you know in in which people learn to sort of appreciate themselves well and i think ben mentioned meditations as well people don't really understand or rather people underestimate the powers of meditation and also the 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 power of self-affirmation so i say to people like whether whether you're you're big or tiny, because think about it, like whether or not you're big or small, people will always still have a problem with the way you are. You're big, they complain that you're too big. You're skinny, they complain you're too skinny. So no so no matter where you are, you know, it's it's like there's always gonna be a problem with your size. So yeah, like the first step is self-love, finding help, you know, and we're trying to encourage people to learn to speak up nowadays because it's it's very difficult and a lot of people go through a lot of stuff. That they, they don't really like. I I know someone that that once went through eating disorders, and before I knew what it was, it was too late. So I couldn't even speak to her. But you know, I actually noticed that she used to sort of binge a lot on stuff and then forcefully make herself to throw up stuff like that. So yeah, speak up and just be comfortable. To be honest. Mm. Amazing conversation with all three of you. We're going to have more conversation. Can I add something yes. real quick? All right, please, Coach Ben. So one last thing is that, you know, if you're feeling constantly depleted or drained, it could be what you're eating is affecting you. So I think that's also a point because, um, you know, one of the things I used to take a lot was Milo until I found out, you know, the, the contents of what was in it. And I had to kind of reduce it. But... A lot has changed since then. And, and like, you know, both of the ladies said, speak out. Even if it's just like somebody you don't know, but you know that they can help, speak out. Coach Ben, amazing words from you. I think we're going to have more conversations when it comes to mental health. Coach Ben, uh, Dr. Jenna, and then Obie, we need to come together to just create more awareness. I mean, the media is a very powerful tool for awareness when it comes to mental health issues uh, in this part of the world. It's been such an insightful conversation. I've been speaking with a lawyer and a mind and wellness coach, Obie, a success coach and creative marketer, Coach Ben Yang, and then a creative scientist with a background in health and beauty therapy, Dr. Jenna Oyama. Thank you all three for joining me on the show today. 
Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you, Gloria, for having us. Recovery from an eating disorder isn't easy and it takes a lot of courage, but it's possible with the right support system in place. So I'm sending a message to individuals at all stages of body acceptance and eating disordered recovery that your story is valid and your recovery possible. Thanks for listening and don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.